Once more, aliens menace the people of Earth, including all children. But a musically trained giant turtle is the only thing between us and getting swordfished out of existence. This is Kaiju vs. History. Gamera vs. Zigara. Welcome back to the podcast. This is your evil alien interloper, Patrick. And joining me in slaving Earth with my nefarious plans is my partner in crime, Miles. How are you, Miles? I'm I'm doing all right. Mm. A little a little rougher this week with, with Gamera. <laughs> not gonna yeah. lie, I, this... I usually I usually count on the little G to to offer some some lighthearted fun. And I mean, spoiler alert, he doesn't deliver this week <laughs> yeah you know i was <laughs> and we'll get to a review very shortly but i was expecting to give this one a higher evocative score because this is i think what people think of when they think of gamera like the very very cheesy kaiju movie that that looks like it is playing to preschoolers <laughs> very <laughs> extremely young children it's done it so much better in the past like yeah and that's the thing it's just because something is meant for kids does not make it lower or bad. It's no, but man, th- this the, one definitely the, feels like it is not trying to play to adults like at all. I well, guess some not, of the other not ones only that, but did, like but. when it also doesn't respect its demographics intelligence, mm-hmm. and and that seems to be the case with this film. And we'll, and we'll get into this because I mean, this is I think the last in our annual Gamera films. Well, this is we've had one. This is number seven. We've had one every year since 65, I believe, with the first Gamera, the Invincible Monster. So they've been churning these out. And 1971's Gamera versus Zigra is the last one proper in the Showa era. And we'll get a Coda one <laughs> technically next season. That takes place in the 1980s. I love how you just call it a Coda. That's that's that. A, a little, great. a little amuse bouche at the end of Showa Eric Gamera films. Yeah, and I mean Gamera's been kind of a roller coaster. I mean, there's there's been highs, there's been lows, there's been some weird stuff in between. Like it's an interesting, especially the Showa era is an interesting franchise. And then you know we don't see Gamera much at all. I mean, we see him one more time before the Heisei era mm-hmm. proper, and. And what's so interesting is like that era, and honestly, this is the same with with Big G, is known for being extremely well respected and of more quality than not. And it's hard to argue <laughs> with the results. Yeah. But yeah. before we get into that, Patrick, mm. you gotta tell us what's in a title. Gamera Tai Shinkai Kaiju Jigura in in the Japanese Zigra in our translation, but very very similar to Jiger uh, Jigura. The literal translation is Gamera versus Deep Sea Monster Zigra. The English title for this, I don't know if this film actually came to the United States like our our last one, but would get released here as of course Gamera versus Zigra. That is also the beginning of the title for the 2013 German DVD release. 
Gamera well, versus Zigra, but it has a subtitle Frankenstein Space Beast Strikes. <sighs> Patrick, Frankenstein made one it day for a special. We, we're going to have to deep dive into the reasoning <laughs> behind this. It may be a simple, oh, here's why, but it's everything. It's Germany every, loves Frankenstein. It's everything. And what's wild, I, I think I mentioned this last week, Frankenstein's not even a German story. Yeah, they just love them. They just love the Tyke. Zigra, Terra of Planet in Brazil. And not, a, not a bad title. No, no. I mean, Gamera against Zigra, the threat of the oceans in Spain, though, might be one of my favorite kind of subtitles. The threat of so, the oceans. I, I want to talk to you about that because it's used a couple of times. I think just once in Godzilla with Godzilla against Mechagodzilla, which just recently aired in U.S. theaters for the mm-hmm. first time. How do you feel about against as opposed to versus? That's a good question. There there are some other Japanese words that they they use besides like a, a V or a versus. I think Tai is, is kind of used interchangeably. Gamera Tai, mm-hmm. Shikai Kaju Jigora. It, it's a little confusing because, you know, if I was telling I mean, uh, what movie I was going to go it, to. It, it sounds uh, functionally like like phonetically awkward when you say, you know, oh, so-and-so against so-and-so. But I'll tell you this. Mm-hmm. If Zack Snyder had titled his film Superman Against Batman, Donna Justice, <laughs> it may have skewed my my viewing of that movie as opposed to Batman v Superman, which sounds like a courtroom drama. Yeah, no, v, v Superman is is still just, ooh, it's so bad. It's, it's such a terrible title in general. But against is... Is an interest. I think. I think it's an interesting word to use. And this, like I said, this will come up in a future official Godzilla title with mm-hmm. Godzilla against Mechagodzilla. And I think I, I do. I definitely think it's an interesting alternative to verses. There's something a little bit less marquee, and and it sounds a little more. I don't know. Active mm-hmm. in in some in some ways. And I, I will probably put a pin on it for now and come back to it when we actively have a, a movie that's that's internationally known as so-and-so against so-and-so. But I, I do think it's an interesting idea to switch out versus, where versus is so clearly, like, here's your marquee battle of monsters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, and, and so, I mean, versus takes on another complete meaning when we have the versus series, which is a another name for the Godzilla Heisei movies because they all them after the first one are kind of versus titles versus one big bad as opposed to, you know, monster bashes like destroy all monsters and and things like that. Yeah. And and the the millennium era kind of picks and chooses like, I mean, it does the against it does the GMK aspect. It does versus like it. Mm -hmm. It's all over the place. But you're right, like outside of uh, The Return of Godzilla or in America, Godzilla 1985, every film is Godzilla versus, which I feel like Toho probably at this point understood what made the recipe work and what worked for certain movies. Like, what's the best response we've ever had? Oh, Godzilla, King Kong versus Godzilla, Mm. Godzilla versus Mothra versus Godzilla. And these versus movies seem to be what brings in people. And not necessarily uh, Terra of Mechagodzilla. While it might be a superior film for some folks, like that one, I, from what I remember, it didn't do so hot. No, no, it was, it was. I don't think it was in the top three of the 1970s for for Toho's 
Godzilla films. But bringing it back to Gamera, I definitely figured out that versus formula early pretty, on. pretty early on and uh, very similar to Toho, a a winning formula in director, uh, screenwriter, and now for the last three films, a music, musical accompaniment with a Gamera theme song that uh, <laughs> we get nonstop <laughs> here. But, of course, this is the sixth out of the seven films directed by Noriaka Yuasa, and who also subs in in a similar way that Ashiro Honda had to to also do kind of special effects for this film. The screenplay was written by Nissan Takahashi, who has written all of the Gamera movies as well. And I believe I have it here in my notes as well, but the the soundtrack for this one and the prior two Gamera films is done by Shinsuke Kikuchi, who I believe helped make that very catchy <laughs> theme song. I've liked the theme song in the prior two movies, Miles. So it's a little overused in this film. Yeah, it, it's, it's like it's a three, bit much. three times in the first half hour. And I was like, OK, all right, we can wrap this up pretty quickly. That's a, that's enough. Tell me what you thought about Zigra. Uh, have you have you seen this movie before, Miles? I don't think I had seen this one before. I mean, have you uh, have you seen this plot before? Oh, oh, yes. <laughs> it it is a tried and true Gamera plot for yeah. better for worse, and that's not the issue with this movie. Mm-hmm. the The fact that like they're kind of painting by numbers for a Gamera film isn't the problem. the The problem lies with everything else in this movie. <laughs> right. So we we kind of have a lot of rehashing of versus Viros. Versus Gyron, and this is the third of the Gamera films that has an alien menace in a spaceship that has a kind of kaiju accompaniment or, or can mm-hmm. turn into a kaiju in, in some form to to fight off Gamera. Yeah, I, and got, like, God. again, that's not the issue with this movie. P- part mm-hmm. of it, your, your Gamera film lives and dies by... How much I enjoy your kids. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was a big one for you with Steppin' Down versus Gyron compared to versus Viros. Yeah, know, so Viros is like the gold standard of Gamera kids for me. Mm-hmm. And Patrick, you, you you will notice because I texted you exactly what I thought about these kids as I was watching this movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so they decided It was to go- an expletive-filled comment about... <laughs> Not particularly enjoying these kids or their performances. Flank these kids. Uh, <laughs> they, they decided yeah. to go a little bit younger for the the two main children actors. And instead of now two boys, one Japanese and, and one kind of Western, we have Kenichi, played by Yasushi Sakagami, and his sister, Helen. Is that am I getting that yeah, right? Yeah, that's her name. Uh, I, I, I wouldn't I would argue she's not played by anybody. Um, <laughs> Gloria Zollner is the little child actor who they they stuck in the, the role who is maybe I feel like actors should be put in sarcastic quotation marks. <laughs> she's very adorable. Miles. Yeah, at least give her she's, that. She's a cute kid. No one can say she's she isn't. But like, I just despised her performance, <laughs> like actively. And I mean, oh, yeah. Neither kid was good in this movie, and I, no. I hate I hate 
crapping on on kid performances, especially that young. But I mean, they were both just not good. And skewing younger isn't necessarily an issue, but you have to have exceptional kids to back up that choice. And I just don't think they did. Well, I don't know what happened to the kids from from Viros if, if they were like on call elsewhere. But you should have been hiring them for every single game. Yeah, I mean, yeah, just who cares that that I mean, like, one make they, them they the hardy boys of Gamera. They could have been the same characters because I mean, these films were coming out like year after year. They're not like aging out or anything. Well, then, like Godzilla uses the, the same actors all the time, like just, just or in different roles. Yeah, you're correct. Yeah, I, I, I mean, the Japanese children actors are usually like actual children actors. Supposedly, Yasushi uh, Sakagami is a professional child actor but he's like six you know he's doing as best as he can i do not believe the the young actress was you know i, I think this is one of her first roles i think she had not done anything i would assume it's her only role. uh you know i haven't checked but uh i don't want to put money on that i i think you're probably correct according to imdb i am okay <laughs> i wasn't even gonna look it up i was gonna take a a, a swift guess at that, but yeah, she's a, a cute kid, but together they're, they're pretty annoying in the original Japanese. They don't get better with a Sandy Frank dub <laughs> of the movie. And, or, or maybe it was a, an a- AIT dub because this, uh, this did make it onto television. I think first in 1987, if what I'm reading here on Wikizilla is correct. The partnership between AIT, I think, to bring these movies over to, to show in the use. The, the prior one versus Jiger did not have a U.S. theatrical release as well. So hmm. so let's talk about the other marquee monster. Let's talk about Zegra for a little bit, because conceptually, I was really into the idea of this monster. Because I've hey, said this with right Godzilla. I, I like the idea of kind of thinking outside of the box for these monsters. And here is he's like a kind of a weird shark swordfish kind of combination. And a, a, a goblin shark is, is yeah. kind of like the main thing. It's got like a mouth underneath what looks. Uh, I think I mentioned it looked like a, a swordfish. Use the verb to be swordfished in the, the intro that you read there. <laughs> right. Uh, that. Uh, I like Hugh that Jackman design. And Halle Berry are are nowhere to be seen. In this oh film. goodness! Project, no, thank you. I actually like the suit design. It feels like this is probably what they wanted to do. It's, with it's not a bad design. It really, it really isn't. It's a yeah. good design in a bad situation and not well suit acted. They didn't give that suit actor who is, I believe, uncredited. I don't think they they credited him or Gamera. In this film, so there, there's some speculation as to people on the crew that could have been in those suits for this film, but and it's possible there was very little suit action done. I mean, there's there's not a lot of moving around when yeah, and, does and that's get on a big land. problem with this movie is everything feels on the cheap. And here's the things: it's my response isn't to the movie being low budget. My response is the, to the movie feeling cheap, and those are two very very different things. Well, this there had, is. This had had a micro budget as well, kind of. It compared. did have a, it, it certainly had a low budget, but yeah. we have seen people with low budgets exceed their station. And I mean, heck, even Viros, I mean, that suit doesn't look great, if we're being honest. Mm-hmm. But what they do with it 
is a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. That's and the same thing with versus Gyron is the Gyron suit is not great, but yeah, but see, well, so, so Gyron is Gyron so is helped because it's a big knife headed dude and that that's <laughs> automatically cool. And the got a swordfish head. It feels they, like they, he should have stabbed the uh, They camera. lean into it. Whereas, like, they kind of do in this movie, but, like, one, it's also not helped by the goofy voiceover for Zegra, which is, frankly, awful. I didn't yeah. watch the American dub, but the Japanese version is dog do. Uh, and Kiichi Noda is the, the voice actor who who does Ziggra in the, in the, the Japanese who is uh, in a lot of anime, great Mazinger in, in Japan oh, and cool. some other ones around the seventies I mean, and eighties. Isn't the issue. It's the, the level of quality that they give to it. Yes. He was one of the, he was a narrator for the transformers, eighties Japanese transformers. So, he would go on to do much better things, but it was actually hard to listen to his voice no, it, in this it, film. It was. Here's here's one thing I really like about this movie, because I know I've, I've been dunking on it because I am a lot more sour on this film, even though it's a fairly competent, low-budget movie. I love that this movie does make Gamera, and I kind of hate that they actually said it out loud, but they, they do. <laughs> Gamera feels like Superman. In this movie, like <laughs> yeah. when he first comes in, and they put that that dun da dun, like they they <laughs> give that that super fun upbeat music, and I love that. That's how Gamera should feel, and they don't need to play his theme song every single minute. But like, I really appreciate that. Like, they make Gamera feel like an actual superhero, and I think that is a really good choice. This film did, yeah, yeah, and I feel like this is <laughs> well until the next Gamera movie. The 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 most wooden that Gamera is once again the, not the best suitmation here. No, it's, but I mean we the, that's that's been a complaint we've had for several movies is that they they don't give Gamera himself the budget that he needs. No no uh, no faceless no suitless. This does have one of my favorite scenes. A lot of people like versus Gyron where he's going over the bars, but I love when he's. In this film, carrying the rowboat with the the children and the parents, I think at that time, and it, it, they just like propped up an arm yeah. on the the flying model for Gamera, and they show him <laughs> crashing into the beach extremely hard. And like, in real um, life, can we talk these about the children scene? are dead in that can rowboat? We talk about the scene prior to that where camera is like straight up scooby-doo sneaking to grab this mm. thing but at, at, at the same time beforehand throws a rock at zigura's head because of course that's a classic why not Gaiju. and then proceeds to like literally tiptoe away it's the weirdest scene <laughs> like it's it's hilarious it's supposed to be funny but not the way they intended well, it's, it's even weirder when he breathes fire underwater. That's not how fire works. <laughs> oh, I, I took that note as well. Also, I love Zegra's reason for why he should live is I'm beautiful and you're ugly. Therefore, I should live and all of you should die. <laughs> Makes sense. I'm right there with you. Um, <laughs> we we haven't talked too much about other cast members. We do have an, an alien femme fatale in, in Woman X. Uh, who is a that's that's being kind captured moon based scientist and played by Reiko Kasahara. And uh, she had done 
She done quite a few, I think, die films up until so, this point. Her performance is not the issue here. She, I, I feel like she's she's doing exactly what she is asked to do. Mm-hmm. This character is written horribly. Oh, this yeah. this villainous. Let's talk about so Scooby much for the first, for the first two. Oh, talk about Scooby Doo oh, villain. <laughs> trust me, this lady has all the prowess of Elmer Fudd. Like oh. there are weird chase scenes several times in this movie that make zero sense. Yeah, and also like they're like low energy Bugs Bunny chase scenes. Like the me calling her Elmer Fudd makes it seem like oh this could be entertaining. Like no, it's without all of the charm of of a <laughs> of a Mary Melody's cartoon. Like this is bizarre and. Yeah. And then when you have the kind of flaccid reveal that, oh, she was actually a scientist from the moon base that was under the control of Zegra, that doesn't help anymore. No. Because we've seen people under that control, but she's the only one that is actively under it. Like, it, it makes no sense. I mean, that's that was a plot in Ghidorah, the three-headed monster, and I think another Godzilla yeah, <laughs> film. Well. Uh, I mean, they were, I mean, it's not a, a super, oh, and, and Destroy All Monsters as well, of course. It was only <laughs> a month or so ago. Yeah, it's, it's not done well this movie. It's, like I said, the third time this kind of alien invasion plot has been in Gamera films alone. We're going to get more of that in Godzilla films <laughs> in this this decade. But, yeah, it's, it's been done to death over here. Yeah, be I, I will say, like maybe the prior to Alien Invasion Gamera movies, and even more so in this one, I enjoyed the Zigra as spaceship a great deal. I, I, I yeah, enjoyed that was that was pretty cool. The interior head that was, you know, talking to the the children and stuff and mm-hmm. that was sufficiently creepy and it did look like a squat kind of version of the the monster to come in places. I really wish they had taken the the spaceships kind of multifaceted, multicolored like domes and use that for Zigra's eyes. Cause that was such a, a major part of the ship design, but I really like the ship. I really like him in monster form as well. Like I said, doesn't do a lot with the, the pseudimation. It's like almost every single monster they've pitted Gamera against has been more mobile than, than Gamera. Maybe with the exception of Gauss, who couldn't, turn his neck but th- this one is like somehow even less you know he's got the f- the flappers but that's about it and there's like no way to like <laughs> grab on yeah and i i do appreciate that there there are some aspects where like when gamma body slams him on the land that's really fun because it's like oh gamma's taking mm-hmm. advantage of the fact this is an aquatic monster even though he pops up for a second and has like a bipedal showdown for two minutes in the first quarter of this film mm-hmm which I, I didn't really care for. I kind of wish it stayed underwater just because it was more interesting. Yeah, it doesn't matter. They allow him to use his fire breathing underwater. So it's, it's like he's not really yeah, at that there, much I mean, the best thing is if you're going to make that choice, just have the whole thing underwater. And there's this whole bit where like Gamera is kind of unconscious slash dead and he gets revived. And yeah. there is this hilarious moment. Like all the Gamera stuff, honestly, is top tier hilarious mm. because like he wakes up like looking like he's in a hangover movie. Like <laughs> he's got the weird shifty eyes and like is like kind of acting like well, what just happened? And it's really funny. Like the stuff visually they did with Gamera 
because this feels like it's supposed to be a Saturday morning cartoon for kids. Mm -hmm. And the problem is they make what they think a Saturday morning cartoon for kids should be. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And not in, not in a good way, but there are aspects of that that do shine through. And I think Gamera specifically is a hundred percent the cartoon superhero who is like, even when he's doing something that makes no sense, like throwing rocks at Zegra when he's sneaking away with the, the submarine or the, what they call it the something sphere. Bathosphere. Bathosphere. Yeah. I, I thought it was going to yeah. be the same submarine that they used multiple times, but it, it was a different kind of style. It's, it's similar enough. <laughs> it's, it's a yellow submarine. Yeah, it's a yellow times. submarine. The Beatles would be proud. And this is about the third time they've used that. Yes. Yeah, we, we did get it in versus Jagger uh, as well, of course. And of course, so, the kids are always stowing away like kids do in Gaiju movies. <laughs> They're always as, a stowaway. As, as you do. And, and of course, no adult has any double checking mechanism. <laughs> uh, one thing I do want to talk about, this film does kind of kickstart and this has been kind of slightly talked about in both franchises, Godzilla and Gamera. This film does is is responding to pollution in our oceans, <laughs> and this this film does a lot to talk about. Where like, oh, you're doing the same thing that the people on this planet did, and I've already seen how that turns out. So y'all have to be taken away from any any sort of power. Yeah, there there are some interesting attempts at getting that message across. Most of them do seem targeted to to children, like the the father like launches into a a little <laughs> lecture when he sees one of the kids littering at one point in the movie. We, we get some, I think, newscasts about the the pollution of of the ocean. Yeah, and and this is this is a big difference between this and our movie from next week <laughs> is yeah. show it's- don't tell and. This movie tells you and doesn't show it. And I think that's mm-hmm. that's its biggest sin is is I feel like if this had done the same degree that next week's film will do, you could have had at least a successful message. But this, at the other day, it's it feels like a mess. Like I mm-hmm. I appreciate the good heartedness and I, I definitely think it's certainly an effort made by Yuasa, but I I don't know if it was budget. I don't know if it was he couldn't well, yeah, let, the right let, script or 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 what? But like everything that this film does just feels surface level. It doesn't do anything. Let's talk about the production a little bit because this movie was approved with a thirty-five million yen budget, which today is like three hundred thousand dollars somewhere in that that neighborhood. I think adjusted for inflation, which is pretty darn low but this is uh, die has already filed i think for a form of bankruptcy at this point when the movie had gone in to production and by the end of 71 i think would be fully bankrupt this movie did come out in kind of a re-release with a 1958 film the birdman with three eyes <laughs> very interesting title and for obvious reasons, would be the last Gamera movie for for some time. That just kind of ran out of film uh, or money to, until the next one, right? Almost. Y- yeah, just about. This movie was made possible, like the prior film versus Jiger, because of a a sponsorship, a partnership. This time, I don't know if you could tell Miles what 
who was giving them money, but SeaWorld Amusement Park in uh Ooh, well, we haven't even talked about SeaWorld. Yeah, SeaWorld is obviously supplying a, a shooting location, some B-roll for this film. <laughs> we get an extended sequence with seals and and I I will the translation say calls the... them dolphins and I think that maybe that's what they're called in Japan, but they are orcas. orcas? Yeah, I mean, I think orca is technically like a, a type of porpoise, but yes, there are several orcas, and we get, I don't know if it, I forgot to look it up, but I don't know if it's a prop, there's a dead baby orca at one point in the movie, it's like, this, oh, this is not for children, is it? Is it for children? That, that scene was dark. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's uh, interesting. You, and, and you are right, that, so orcas are a member of the dolphin family. Yeah, it's just, it's just weird to call them <laughs> dolphins over whales. Over again. But uh, I'm not sure what the Japanese word for it is. It, it is interesting, like, that's our setting, and then we have a shark kind of kaiju who's like, humans are messing up, but they, they, they didn't really seem to have that commentary for, you know, what we know of now as pretty inhumane conditions for these these animals in places like SeaWorld <laughs> Amusement Park. I mean, absolutely. I, I will say on that on that note, I do think the inclusion of the SeaWorld stuff did a great it, it certainly helped the environmentalist message of the movie, despite knowing now what mm -hmm. may or may not go on behind the scenes. I mean, of, it def of Sea World, it definitely portrayed those people, and I, f I forget the character's name, who's kind of the the caretaker of the 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 animals there, but portrayed him as you know very caring. You know, oh, um, I mean, yeah, certainly someone who's like cared more about the animals than anything else, because you know he wanted to make sure the animals weren't going to be hurt. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I, I, I did enjoy that aspect. I thought that was a good. Again, there there are good bones to this film. There's a lot of good stuff here. It just it bums me out that they kind of fall so short everywhere else because you know what 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 we will talk about next week I think does it so much better. And you had a real opportunity to talk about specifically the impact humans have on marine wildlife, mm -hmm. and I. I Unfortunately, this movie kind of misses the mark here. I'll I'll agree with that for sure. Before we get into our talking about reviews, though, Miles, do you have a, a favorite moment from the film or something else you think? Um, well, so I've mentioned a couple of them. I, I, it, it has to be Godzilla. Godzilla Gamera's goofy, <laughs> like sneaking away from Zegra, yeah. who is sleeping at the time, and he, you know, doing the shaggy zoinks. <laughs> like and taking the, the bathosphere and just and doing a little chuckle, but that that the whole sequence is like on its by itself objectively hilarious, <laughs> objectively amazing, yeah, and also you, objectively stupid. Can you imagine Godzilla doing that? No, that's a camera <laughs> silliness. I but mean, yeah, I uh, could a hundred percent imagine God. I, I've seen Godzilla put on shades and and, and take on Charles <laughs> Barkley, so. I think my favorite moment is when he's already defeated Zigra and is taking the time to kind of showboat a little bit and plays his own theme song on the back spines <laughs> of the the monster. That is a great moment. Um, very, 
I mean, one of the most unsportsmanlike things he's he's ever done, and he's like you know mostly murdered some foes before. But yeah, that that's like also like the fourth time in the movie that we hear the the gamma the gamma song. <laughs> it would have been such a great callback if they hadn't used it so so much. Yeah, this is pretty low down there for gamma films in both modern and critical reviews at the time. You know, it's coming to an end. The the reign of of Gamera for for these little kids, and I think our reviews might might reflect that. I I went and and patched into our notes here some of the one star or less Rotten Tomatoes reviews, oh, <laughs> and boy. Uh, some of them are pretty pretty mean. But this one says, oh, "Wow, quote yeah. painful to watch movie for children." With the monster on monster combat taking place way too late into the film, Ziggurat doesn't technically show up until about forty minutes into the movie, so I can understand that. It does. It's hard to compare because the previous two movies had so much kaiju fighting monster action, whereas this is very similar to versus Virus. Virus didn't show up until like fifty minutes into into the movie. I kind of like Slant's retroactive review, which <laughs> mentions, and this is this is this is actually my problem with the movie. It's just less in the way of a thought thought out film than a product cranked out so as to fill a McDonald's Happy Meal toy contract. Well, that's the thing. Versus Jigar, you know, you can tell there's a commercial for the World's Fair, but being it, a commercial it to, like, isn't isn't the problem with. With either of these movies. It did like, something that, for the, the plot, problem. though. Yeah, this one didn't really seem to add much to to the plot. And and, and, you, and you here's, about the, here's the issue, though, is it absolutely could have. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's the, I think that's the, that's the problem with this film is like it does feel a little bit like a Happy Meal toy where it's like it's telling you something and here it is. And I'm like. I mean, I know there is a collectivity of old Happy Meal toys, like especially mm-hmm. the Batman Returns kind of era. Look, those toys are garbage. <laughs> like I look, I love look, I love the McNuggets Transformers stuff, but like they're garbage toys, and oh, yeah. it's it's okay to say that they're garbage toys. <laughs> yeah, I mean they're something you get for free buying a uh, seventy nine cents cheeseburger for your child. <laughs> it's okay to well, admit once upon great. a time those prices are not accurate anymore. <laughs> yeah, well, I, was, I was thinking of the prices at the time of uh, the Transformers. Uh, toys so, right so, so tell well, me patrick yeah you, you gotta you gotta tell me what what is your personal enjoyment for this movie because i know we, we were kind of we were really down this when we're talking about the review what is your actual thought on this film this is one of my favorite mystery science theater 3000 uh, kaiju episodes because it is a bad movie that they make into an enjoyable experience i i rewatched some of that today after i had finished getting through most of this film i fell asleep during this movie <laughs> it's a pretty rough one to watch gamera and the the general kind of like action of this film is very oddly paced it is very kind of few and far between and yeah like i said those children are very abrasive both in the japanese and the the mst3k version so fairly plotting compared to the prior two and even versus virus versus virus you have those great kids sneaking around the alien spaceship which made that movie so much fun so yeah this one was a lot hard to get through so personal enjoyment i give this a six out of ten 
It's, it's good. It's not. It's not a great film in any way. <laughs> what about so, you, Miles? As we have been talking about it, my score has lowered. Whoa. Yeah this this movie like I when I was watching it like I I actively have fun with some of the quote unquote bad aspects of it things that like as someone who has grown up with MST3K have not seen this episode purposefully avoided it because I did not want it to kind of overshadow my thoughts on the movie itself. Yeah. It's it's a rough watch. Like there are fun things that like again if I'm if I'm with friends and I'm like pointing and laughing at something, but at, for a kaiju film that's not where I want to be. Like I don't point and laugh at these m- movies like because it's fun. And it's not something that I want to do. I actively want to enjoy these movies. And I, I just didn't enjoy this movie. It's baseline passable. It is like Gamera is fun, but you have two of the worst kids in the franchise. You have a completely ineffective cartoon villainess who <laughs> just isn't interesting to watch on screen. And it's not the fault of the actress. Like they are, they have made a completely dull villainous. <laughs> yeah. And then you have you have Zigura, who is this this conceptually cool underwater kaiju that just sits there and calls the earth ugly. <laughs> like it, it's an underwater mean girl. And not as fun as that sounds. Um <laughs> so as, as a result, I mean I'm I honestly I initially gave it a six out of ten as well, but I'm going five. This is this is the worst of the franchise so far. I think that's pretty easily said. What about for the technical aspects of the um, So for the technical aspects, like there are some fun aspects that they again with the with the budget they had, they they do utilize the kaiju stuff for some really fun antics, short lived as they may be. However, the the script is not up to snuff with the rest of the franchise. And as a result, you make some good actors look really bad. You also hire two children who don't know what they're doing. Yeah, not, not a lot. Not a lot of this works for me. And then a lot of the special effects are—I mean, you can tell—they didn't have money. They did what they could with they with what they had. And there, there are some aspects like when you see the the ship like kind of destroy the moon base. It works. I understand that it's cheap, mm. but it still works. But there's other stuff throughout this film. That doesn't work as much. And for that, like, I'm actually a little bit more kind to this aspect of it because I know what they were working with. I'm giving it a six out of 10. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm kind of with you there. I, I gave it a six out of 10 because I did like so much of the design and what they did use the budget for. Although, like, I, I really wish we had gotten some more use out of that moon base set it's like why why build that miniature cool looking set if you're not going to use it so much of the 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 few land scenes that we we see with gamera are you know we don't really get to see any buildings destroyed not a lot of other usages for for interesting sets i like i said do like the zigra ship the zigra kaiju the pseudomation is is what is lacking here for me but also you know bad scripts very recycled script pretty terrible acting from some of these 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 child actors so yeah i give it a six out of ten as well and for the evocative i'm going i think a little lower than that because as a piece of kaiju 
art or kaiju fiction, this falls flat even when compared to just other Gamera movies. And, you know, being the last of this part of the film series, you know, I can understand they're maybe running out of ideas, but I gave this one a 5 out of 10 because I also think that this is probably the last of these seven Gamera movies that we've watched so far that I would recommend someone to watch. It is it is is bad in in a way that the other movies aren't bad, I guess. It's, right, and it's, that, it's and hard to explain. Like, it, I mean, it's it's certainly not American 50s bad, but it's it's rough considering the quality from which we're working with from the last decade. And I mean, it kind of leads me into the, you know, evocative and cultural aspect. I, d- I don't think this this movie adds to anything. I mean, we've already established that Gamera is a friend to all children, and it's recycling a lot of stuff from the franchise. This is a movie that, as far as I know, wasn't available in the West until the, tw- the, the 21st century. Well, until 1987, at the very earliest, yeah. Oh, right, right, right. There, there was that uh, the TV stuff in the 80s. wasn't available at home until the 21st century. So, I mean, I'm, I'm, for the cultural, the evocative aspect, I'm going with five. This, this movie doesn't really excite me. It's not indicative of the franchise. It certainly uses the tropes of the franchise, but it, it, it does so kind of in a paint by numbers way. It, it, it feels, again, like my problem with its message. It shows it doesn't tell. And yeah, I mean, it just, or show don't tell, <laughs> but it, it just, yeah, it, it doesn't, it doesn't communicate what makes Gamera special, and that's it, the that's the problem with this movie. I think this one does give it a bad name. I think the next one's going to give it a bad name as well. But I am still happy that it is out there because it does feel a little bit of a continuation from from the the prior movie. It is great as an MST3K episode, like I said. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing that now. That brings, I, I agree with uh, you. I think it, it will be a great MST3K episode. It brings us down to our, indeed, lowest Gamera score so far yeah. as a podcast, a five yep. for, for Gamera versus Zigra. I didn't expect that. I was actually in my mind thinking that this was going to be closer to a six or a... I, I did too, but the more I talked about it, and sometimes Patrick will ask me, it's like, oh, what, what did you think about these movies? And I'm like... Honestly, I want to wait to talk about it because sometimes my score changes as I converse with Patrick about it. Mm-hmm. And yeah, but there's no there's no avoiding this one. And look, if there are fans of this film, I I'd like to hear why. Like, I, and I don't even mean that in, in a weird, challenging way. Like, I would love to hear people who champion this film because almost all of these kaiju films have a champion. And so, if you are one of those, you know, email us. At kaiju versus history at gmail.com or tweet to us at kaiju versus history. You can visit our website, look at previous episodes at kaiju versus history.com. Please rate, review, and comment on how you feel about our show. Patrick, what are we doing next week? Well, we've already spoiled it in, uh, we've in referenced about it. This. We haven't flat out said what it is. <laughs> we absolutely spoil it, but it is time to get back to the Godzilla series and have a new director take up that chair. 
and get us an original kind of take on the big G in a film that might smoke the rest of the competition in the 1970s. Tune in next time for History versus Godzilla versus Hetera. Hetera.